The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. What had happened was... Oh my god. So... These muggles, they are getting all steamy and stuff is about to happen, but then somebody starts breaking down <clears throat> serious. So he starts like crying and stuff. So then him and Maya start having this conversation about all of these things. And then I'm just like, wow, this is what, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say awkward, but that's the only word that comes to mind. But it is the most insert chosen word here foreplay ever. Like, it's awkward. Yeah. It is awkward foreplay. Like, what? So then eventually they get past all of that. And then, like, you think stuff is going to happen. And then you're confused about whether it happened or not. And then you think it's going to happen again. Shia did apologize. And say that she was going to rewrite that because clearly it didn't make a whole lot of sense because she had to cut so much from the AO3 version. So, um, you know, points for us going, what's happening? So now we'll get clarity. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, did they or didn't they? And then at the end, you're like, they don't know that their soul bond has been connected yet. And I'm like, but you told me that the soul bond can only be connected. Is it they? eh, eh, eh." And I don't know if they. eh, eh, eh." So how can it be connected? So we did in fact determine that they did. And yes, you guys know exactly what I'm doing with a fist and a finger right now. I am exactly doing. I know you can hear it because I did that last time and I could hear it on the podcast. But they did in fact brown chicken, brown cow. So they had sex. But Shia is actually going to address the whole bond thing at the beginning of this chapter. Okay, cool. So they did that. Their soul bond was whatever you want to call it, connected, whatever the word is. And they don't know it yet, but eventually they will. And then things will go down. And that is what had happened was. (laughs) That is the rest of the story. Yeah, so basically all of last chapter was... Sirius having nightmares, Maya going to take care of him, and then they just fucked like monkeys. Yes. And I also apologize for the rain that you might hear on my head because there is a tropical storm coming and it is raining. Oh, is this Ada? Yes. Or Etta? Yes. Or whatever. Yes. The, uh, re- not record setting, but record tying storm for the most number of storms in one season. Because, of course, what else was going to happen in 2020? Yeah, so there we go. First they try to take America's weatherman from us, and now this. 
So, prior to starting chapter 53, we have an author's note. Author's note. For those currently wondering, unfortunately, our heroine's bonds remain unsealed, though properly strengthened. Doria told Mia back in chapter 33 that a soul bond is sealed through the ritual and both parties need to be all-knowing in regards to a soul bond, which Sirius currently is not. Willing to openly accept the soul bond, which at this point neither of them truly are, and fully loving of their bondmate, which they are in some serious denial about. So, many of you want Maya to change the future, it breaks my heart that I set up the rules the way I did, but there are fix where Hermione goes back and does change the future by altering the past, and I really did want to take my story and do something a little different with it. And this is it. She's trapped, guilty, and unable to do much about it, unfortunately. Wow, sounds like 2020. (laughs) (laughs) She'll try? Oh, she'll try. But saving lives wasn't the point of her going back. Living her life was. And that has been a message from Shyalani. And yeah, I did a really fucking weird voice in that, and I'm not sorry about it. Yeah, like, you sound a cross between what you call, like, a company, and it was like, if you want this, press one. If you want this, press the star key. And then the other thing you kind of sound like is, um, like, what what is it that I'm, Jesus, it was there, and then it went away. I was aiming for airline students. Yes, that, that's what I, yes, that's it. Eh, eh. Exits are near the rear of the plane, over the wings, and before the cockpit. <laughs> cockpit. Oh my god. That's why I call my lady bits. And <laughs> I'm kidding. I do not. That just popped into my head, but it was so funny that I had to say it out loud. And again, I really hope my mother is not listening to this. Yeah, well, last episode I got a text from a friend of ours who listens to this and she's like you really are a 12 year old boy aren't you and I'm just like, Jesus. no maybe i don't know also to the fan who apparently almost crashed their car from one of my comments i'm sorry apparently uh one of the comments i made last episode was um hold on she's burping again by the merch Huh? I said she's burping again by the merch. It's the Coca-Cola. Anyway, but yeah, so apparently at one point I was like, oh, this is the difference between fan fiction and uh, AO3 because in fan fiction, it just says he granted her request. In the archive of our own version, it would have said something along the lines of, and then he stuck his cock in her. And apparently she almost lost it and crashed her car. So, sorry. But also, I was kind of proud of that <laughs> cat shaking her head at me. I'm sorry. Anyway, the dead of time. Anyway, the dead of time. We are going to try and be better about streamlining this episode because we were really chatty last episode. So hopefully we got all our chattiness out and we're going to, oh my, okay, never mind. I was like, oh my God, we're so far into this episode. We also recorded Patreon, so I don't feel as bad. Anyway, chapter 53, Silencing Charms. Ooh. hey She's silencing charm on Sirius's bedroom, so like brown chicken, brown cow. Alright. July 30th, 1976. 
Though Maya swore she didn't regret sleeping with him, Sirius could not help but berate himself for hours over the fact that he crossed the line he swore he would never cross without being absolutely certain he could. No sex. That was his rule with Maya. He had craved her for so long, and she was already there when he woke up from his nightmare, sitting on his mattress, smelling like a rainstorm, and looking like she had the ability to heal not only his external wounds, but everything inside of him as well. She was perfection, and it made him angry that he could not be the same for her. Something dark inside of him wanted to take that perfection from her, the something inside of her that made her good while he was worthless. So he tried taking it the only way he could, by kissing her rough and hard and putting all of his anger and resentment towards the world into that kiss. That kiss had triggered something else. The wall he kept around himself to hide his emotions, to keep him strong enough not to touch her, came crumbling down. Like an addict, he was in a frenzy to have as much of her as he could. It had not been until she touched his head that the reality of what he was doing flooded him. That simple touch had been his absolute undoing. It reminded him of the first time she had ever touched him on the Hogwarts Express. They had been eleven, and she had given him affection in ways he had never known before. He had hidden behind his walls then as well, because, for the first time in his entire life, Sirius Black felt properly cared for, all because of the simplest touch of a bushy-haired girl. He craved her touch for years and years, and it killed him when she was angry and wouldn't pet him, even when it became inappropriate to do so because she had started dating Remus, or even more when it had become inappropriate to do so because she started dating Remus. Sirius was not just addicted to her body and how it stirred him to life the way no other girls ever could. He was not just addicted to her smell and the way it felt like she could cleanse the sins right out of him. He was not just addicted to the feel of her or the sight of her or the absolutely heavenly taste of her. He was addicted to the way she loved him. He tossed in his bed, fo forcing himself to ignore the fact that his sheets smelled like her. He focused on the softest lights peeking through the window, indicating that the sun would rise within the next half hour or so. A new day. He did not want a new day. He wanted the night all over again, wishing he could forget that he had seen the scar on her ribs. What the hell was she hiding? Who hurt her? How could he figure it out so that he could hurt them back? Tilly appeared with a soft pop. Young Master Sirius. Sirius yelped in surprise and tumbled off his side of the bed, landing on the ground with a soft thunk. His right leg tangled in the sheet, preventing him from getting up without looking like a clumsy prat. He sighed and raised his focus, glancing at the little elf who had the audacity to look amused over his plight. He was not in the mood for any company, let alone the bossy house elf. Tilly, it's a bit early to want to clean my room, isn't it? Tilly took in the bed before her, and she grimaced. After what was done in it a few hours ago, Tilly would like to put out the good cleaning spells. The burning ones. He stared, gobsmacked. Shit. Tilly is coming to tell that Mistress is waiting for young Master Sirius in the library, she said sweetly, though there was mischief playing across her face. 
he couldn't help but feel like the house elf was hiding something. He was technically considered her young master now, and Sirius was tempted to order her to tell him everything, but the Potters treated their elf kindly, and he knew by watching closely that Tilly responded to direct orders differently than Creature or any other house elves he had seen before. For all he knew, if he gave the elf an order, she would smack him in the mouth for giving him attitude. What does she want me for? Dread filled him. If the house elf knew that Maya had been in his room that night, who was to say the rest of the manor didn't? He knew that silencing charms had been put up, but what if they had not held? Not time to be explaining, Tilly reached down and untangled Sirius's leg from the sheets. She pushed him to stand, shoving him towards the door. He was tempted to dig his heels into the floor to delay the inevitable. Young master should be up and going. Go, go, go. Tilly will take care of you. All right, you pushy elf, he grumbled, and finally took steps of his own free will when she was uh, when she began shoving her tiny hands against his backside to get him to move faster. He reached behind, shooing her away from him, which only earned him a hard swat on the arse. He growled in his throat defiantly, but ended up just walking faster towards the library in an attempt to evade Tilly. Unfortunately, he had forgotten that, in his desire to shape the, uh, escape the house elf, he was speeding along towards Daria Potter, a black, a Slytherin, and the mother of the girl he had just shagged. Ah, there you are, dear. Good morning. Daria smiled brightly as he entered the room, which immediately unnerved him. Growing up, he learned early that it was the flip of the galleon when it came to the personalities of the House of Black. One side was volatile, hot-tempered, and easy to provoke. Bellatrix, his mother, and, unfortunately, even himself. It was the other side of the coin that was worrisome. Narcissa, Andromeda, and Daria had perfected the stone wall that hid away their true thoughts. A smile to hide the serpent fangs. Tilly... Thank you for waking him, Daria beamed at the little elf, then gestured for Sirius to take a seat, smiling even more brightly when he obeyed without question. Young Master Sirius was already awake, Tilly smirked, scrutinizing him. Tilly is surprised. As am I, Tilly, as am I, Daria said to the elf as though Sirius were not in the room, especially considering the hour my daughter left his room this morning. Sirius bowed his head into his hands, peeking at the witch through the cracks in his fingers as he groaned. Fuck. Tilly, will you go and make sure Maya is sleeping well? If James wakes up, let her have a lion. She's probably very exhausted. Doria smiled knowingly as her gray eyes finally fell on him. The house elf nodded before whispering, Tilly sees the bond. Stronger. Yes, Tilly, it would be, wouldn't it? Daria chuckled as the house elf vanished. Sirius sat up, needing to speak first so that he felt like he had some sort of control of the situation, which was as far as from true as possible. I'd ask if you wanted me to go and pack my bags, but seeing that everything I now own was bought by you... Oh, are you leaving, dear? Doria asked as she sipped her tea. 
She gestured to the extra cup on the tray in front of her, where the pot sat next to a bowl of biscuits. I assumed as much, Sirius said nervously, eyeing the tea and treats between them as though there was a very real chance they may have been poisoned. Do you have a new place to live? No, Sirius frowned. How could he have been so stupid? Why could he not control himself? He'd done so well in the past. Then again, Maya lived with three other girls for the majority of the year, and he roomed with her brother and ex-boyfriend. Now she was literally a few feet from his bedroom door. And you expect me to send you out onto the streets? My own blood? Daria suddenly stopped her, her smile, looking offended. He swallowed, unable to tell if her expression was real or not. Serious. Love. She smiled when she said the term of endearment usually reserved for James or Maya, and Sirius looked away, unable to take it. I understand that you've had a skewed view of our family with the way your parents raised you, but the House of Black is indeed most noble and ancient. I will not have its true heir, and, in my belief, the one person who might be able to cleanse it, living as a street urchin. With wide eyes, Sirius looked up at the woman. He had always heard Daria speak poorly of Walburga and the rest of their family, save for Andromeda, whom he knew had visited once or twice with Daria since she was blasted from the family tapestry. He had assumed the Potter matriarch hated her house, but apparently she was just as prideful as any other black, with the exception that she disliked the members and not the house and history themselves. She thought that he could fix that? But what about what you said about, you know, he began, pausing to clear his throat, <clears throat> Maya and me, that I was aware of your amorous activities with my daughter? Oh, you sweet boy, you really embrace being a Gryffindor, don't you? Sirius couldn't help but feel like he was being insulted. Nothing happens in this manner without my knowledge, dear. The moment Maya stepped foot into your bedroom, I was made aware. You're not going to... I don't know. Threaten your life for daring to put your filthy hands on my precious baby girl? Hardly. She laughed and uncrossing and recrossing her ankles. The movement startled him a bit, but he hoped that she was unaware the way he flinched in response. He doubted it. It was Maya in your room, not the other way around, was it not? I doubt very much that my daughter entered your bedroom without knowing that you bedding her was a possibility. There was a silencing charm thrown up after all. Hers? Daria set down her now empty teacup and the tray in front of them, before leaning back slightly to relax into the chair. Delicate fingers laced together on her lap as she observed him closely. Sirius nodded. Yes, ma'am. Good girl. Very considerate of her. Okay, can you imagine having this conversation with the mother of the girl that you just boinked? No. Yeah, no. But then again, that would... Oh, never mind. Yeah, no. This is... That would be like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Mom confronting me afterwards and just being like, so... It's very nice of you to silence the doors. It's like, I'm not like other moms. I'm a cool mom. 
Pretty much. You guys need anything? Condom? A snack? <sighs> he just gaped at the woman. How was she so casual about this? He had expected to be hexed within an inch of his life. Instead, Doria Potter was smirking at him after outright admitting that she knew that Sirius and Maya had sex, and she had known the very moment her daughter had stepped foot into his bedroom. Not only that, she had allowed it to happen and was grateful that Maya was thoughtful enough to put up a bloody silencing charm. Sirius shook his head in belief. You're not upset? M Mrs. Potter, how are you not upset? Daria frowned, an expression of distaste crossing her features. Am I back to Mrs. Potter again? Oh dear, so formal. As I've told you since you were a boy, you may call me Daria, or even Mum, if it pleases you. She laughed softly, a sly sparkle in her eyes. It's always pleased me, considering how amusing Walburga's face would look if she ever heard her, uh, if she, if she should ever hear that. Sirius snorted a little at the thought himself, though a month ago he would have outright laughed. Now, however, thoughts of Walburga only made him angry, bitter, and even sad, though he would never admit it. As for my discontent, or lack thereof, you worry for nothing. Doria waved her hand, showing away his concerns as if they were pointless. Though I can't deny how fun it is to watch a Gryffindor squirm a little under my gaze. You should work on that. I'm not the last Slytherin who will attempt to intimidate you. I'm not intimidated. Sirius lied defiantly. Really? You should be. The mirth was suddenly gone from her eyes and the casual lightness gone from her words. Not one month living under my roof and you're having sex with my daughter. In the traditions of pureblood society, you should have written a formal letter of intent before even thinking about beginning a courtship, let alone taking her to your bed. This was what he had expected. Okay, so I'm a little intimidated, he painfully admitted, watching as Daria's expression changed once again. He was certain the sorting hat put him in the right house. There was no way he would have ever kept up with the way the Slytherins behaved. Are you going to ask me what my intentions are with Maya? Isn't that how the speech goes? That is how Charles's speech will go. Sirius paled. He had been so worried about facing Doria that he had not thought about what Maya's father would do. Knowing James, Charles was certain to have a foul temper that was not easily calmed, especially when it came to his family. When he eventually finds out, Doria added, However, that won't be for a very long time, I imagine, unless you plan on telling him. Sirius barely managed to spit out a choked, No! Good. I wouldn't confide in James, either. Gryffindor's a terrible liar and abysmal at harboring secrets. Maya's pretty good at it, Sirius said bitterly under his breath, as he remembered the look on her face when he had asked her about her scar. She had not expected him to find it, which meant that it had been there for a while, and she had no intention of telling him, or maybe anyone, about it. Sirius wondered if Remus had seen it and knew of its origin. Yes, but there's a difference between one who has been born into the house of Godric Gryffindor and one who has chosen it, wouldn't you say? Doria inquired politely. 
Charles and James, bless them, such sweet little lions, all bravery and nerve, but very reckless and illogical. Do you honestly think my Maya an illogical creature? No, Sirius shook his head. Reckless? Sure. It had been Maya who had threatened Bellatrix to her face. It had been Maya who had stormed into the Forbidden Forest with the plan to take down the craziest and most vicious werewolf known. Illogical? No. If anything, Maya thought about absolutely everything through to the last detail, which made him nervous, considering what had happened last night. You know who else thinks everything down to the last detail? Rin! Rin. Because this person is so freaking good at crafting sense. <sighs> it's Because that's probably the one thing that Doria is mad about, that he didn't set the ambiance before. Like, that's what Sirius forgot to do. He forgot to set the candles yeah. and the wax melts and make the ambiance. Hello. She obviously likes getting it on in the room of requirement. Yeah. And she... Likes getting it on in the Forbidden Forest, so, you know, that whole spruce and fi- fire scent. Oh, I have the hiccups now. But, you know, a little spruce, you know, a room requirement. We need a little serious black trying to do this with the hiccups is really hard. We need a little Maya, maybe a dash of Remus, because let's admit it, sometimes exes stay with you. But maybe a little bit of an almond, autumn, almond, autumn bonfire. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, yes, yes. Get them apples in there. Yep. But yes, this is your friendly reminder, your weekly reminder, that we are currently running a special with Starcross Sundries. If you put in the code HOWFIREWHISKEYFELT at checkout, you will get 20% off your order. This is a special that is restricted to Fire Whiskey and Honey listeners, and we are super excited to be working with Starcross Sundries once again to not only make all of your holiday smelly dreams come true, but also to help support a badass LGBTQIA-owned business and a fan-owned business. And we are all about small business don't forget here. that if you want to get your orders in, to get to you by Christmas, you have to put them in by November 21st to 23rd. Yes, that is also very important. If you want to make a Christmas gift smell good, get that in and ASAP, also friends. remember that Rin does not control the post office. So, like, keep that in mind. Yeah, the post office has taken a hit recently. The good news is we are no longer competing with ballots, so hopefully things will go faster. Yes. So all of your friends and family and strangers can get the wonderful sense. I'm actually melting Doria right now. And you get a wax melt, and you get a wax melt, and you get a wax melt, and you get a wax melt. Yep, everybody gets a wax melt! And don't forget the big candles are now double wicks. Double wicks. (laughs) (laughs) And also, the wax melts are not candy. They look like candy, but they're not candy. Do not eat the forbidden snack. Yes, the forbidden snack. Do not eat the forbidden snack. Also, huge shout out to one of the admin moderators for the OG Fire Whiskey and Honey group and our very own editor, Hannah Beth. Cat and Hannah Beth, different cat, went out to help Rin knock out a bunch of these holiday orders to try and get them out super quickly to you guys. So big shout out to them for helping all of our smell good dreams come true. 
<laughs> also, it looks like they had a lot of fun, and I'm mildly disappointed that I wasn't involved. But. Yeah, well, one day when there's no more Rona and things get back to somewhat normal, we can all meet and hopefully not have to be six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> and wearing masks and can't hug. Yes. Or fist bump or elbow bump or feet bump, whatever you want to do. Preach it. Yep. And without further ado, back to the date of time. Are you ready, Kat? I'm always ready. Like fucking Spongebob over here. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, we were talking about whether or not Maya was a born Gryffindor or not. She said the sorting hat almost put her in Slytherin. Or perhaps Ravenclaw in another life. Maya is a smart girl who understands that within each of us resides the qualities from all four houses. You, for instance, hold the intelligence of a Ravenclaw, the kindness of a Alex Trebek died. No, he did not. Jimmy just texted me. Is he I see sure it's for real and not one of them hoax things? Find the credible source. I'm looking source. it up. I'm looking it up. I'm looking okay. it up. Oh, this is a mid You guys are hearing this real life. Oh no, I am not mentally prepared for this. No. He's gone. Oh my god, but he was doing so well. Oh, I love Jeopardy. Oh my god. But he was doing so well, and he looked he really doing good. So good. I know. Oh my god! Wow. I'm not okay. They have to cancel Jeopardy now. It can't go on. It's always been Alex Trebek. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> no um, one can suck it like him. <laughs> That sounded wrong. <laughs> For those of you who have not watched the Saturday Night, uh, is it Saturday Night Live? Yes, SNL. Uh, there's a feature about Jeopardy, and Sean Connery keeps. Oh, and Sean Connery's dead too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, Sean Connery said, uh, "Suck it, Trebek," a whole lot in one episode, and yeah, no, I'm not mentally referred to. That is insane. I cannot believe that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, the comment I got from Blaze earlier now makes more sense. He was like, I may have made a final Jeopardy joke the wife found insensitive, especially when I asked her to rephrase, that's fucked up, in the form of a question. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. I was not prepared to deal with that in the middle of an episode. I, I almost know. put this on fucking airplane mode, and I almost wish I had, but oh. I love Alex Trebek. Oh, I'm so sad. All right. In honor of one of my all-time favorite Ravenclaws, it's time to carry on the show, guys. <sighs> um, or perhaps a Ravenclaw in another life. Maya is a smart girl who understands that within each of us resides the qualities of all four houses. You, for instance, hold the intelligence of a Ravenclaw, the kindness of a Hufflepuff, the resourcefulness of a Slytherin, but it is your courage and daring that define you as a Gryffindor series. 
While he liked to boast about himself often, he had a difficult time accepting praise when it came in the form of genuine appreciation or, ob or observation. And Maya, wiser than Rowena Ravenclaw herself, as far as I'm concerned, though I may just be a boastful mother, Doria said proudly, and Sirius frowned, all while Berga had ever said, told him was how much of a worthless screw-up he was. Maya is fair and hard-working as Hufflepuffs are known to be, but she is also cunning and clever, and somehow she found a beautiful balance between the bravery of a Gryffindor and the self-preservation of a Slytherin. That means she keeps secrets. That means she lies. Do you know what she's hiding? Sirius asked bluntly. Of course. I can be very resourceful when I need to be. Can you trust me to tell you that the secrets she keeps are not because of any malice or ill intent she holds for you? I don't care if she has any ill intent for me, he said with a growl. I'm worried about her. He fidgeted, trying to come up with the right words to explain his concern. Unfortunately, he was never quite good at formulating the right words or timing them appropriately. She's got a scar on her ribs for, from a dark curse, he blurted out. She didn't say it exactly, but I asked and she didn't deny it. It had something to do with me. He frowned as he remembered the look of pity in her eyes. He had somehow caused her to get hurt and she felt bad that he knew it. Even if that were the case, would that change your feelings for her? Sirius stopped to think. Would it change anything? Had it changed anything? No, it doesn't. Not how I... He tried to clarify, but the words wouldn't come out. I just want her to be safe. Because you feel guilty for putting her in danger. Sirius nodded, sadly. Yes. He had seen firsthand how Maya's relationship, whether friends or more, with Remus had essentially put her in danger with not only Fenrir Greyback, but Professor Higgs. She had jumped to Remus's defense during that first class, basically putting a target on her back as a werewolf sympathizer. Then, her love for her friend had taken her into that forest. Sure, Sirius and James had been right there beside her, but it only proved that Maya would always come to the rescue. What would happen if one day Death Eaters broke into Hogwarts to come for Sirius? He knew for a fact that Maya would rush to help, throwing herself into danger. He cleared his throat. I mean... I don't want her in danger. That is because you love her. Knowing that you could be the cause of her pain and suffering causes you pain. There it was. Love. Sirius wanted to flinch at the word, throwing up his walls as Doria spoke of love so easily, as if it came naturally to her. He couldn't understand how a member of his own family had first-hand acknowledge of the feeling and was able to talk about it so openly. Oh, there is more Slytherin in you than you realize, dear. Tell me, Sirius, when you were with my daughter, intimately, Sirius finally let his stony exterior break a little under the weight of the discomfort that her words caused, did you feel something different than when you're intimate with other witches? This conversation should be awkward. Sirius raised a confused brow as he folded his arms across his chest. He would have expected the witch to give him the talk any minute now, and she had not known 
uh, uh, now had that 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 butchered that sentence. He would have expected the witch to give him the talk any minute now, had she not known he was already quite knowledgeable in that area. Daria laughed quietly. We're blacks, dear. Therefore, things that are often considered unacceptable, distressing, or uncomfortable come naturally to us. I personally blame the inbreeding. Now, answer the question. No, my er, Sirius exhaled. Maya was different. As though perhaps some invisible cord connected you together. Sirius was awestruck at the words. He had felt it, but thought he was just caught up in the moment. Something inside of his chest, like a string, had tugged at him, pulling him forward at the same time that Maya had risen up from the bed to meet him. Something strong and pulsating with magic held them tightly together just before they came apart. How did you... Sirius gaped. Daria smiled knowingly. What do you know of soul bonds, Sirius? All right, how are we feeling so far? I feel like he just had something told to him that he's like, say what now? Because he they didn't realize it, so he's like, oh. Like, uh-oh, I did something that I didn't really want didn't really want to do, shouldn't have done. Yeah, I mean when we look at Maya, um, she freaked out when she heard about the soul bond because she was like, oh, so how the fuck do I know if I really love Sirius or if it's just the bond? And now we can kind of assume Sirius is going to feel that way as well. Yep, it's kind of <sighs> like it. The, what do you want to call it? Real world, muggle world too. It's like, how do I actually know? <laughs> Especially when you're really young. It's like, do I actually love them or is this just... Something. Honeymoon phase, lust. Yeah. yeah. Boredom. Is it somebody finally wants you so you're not single at a party for the first time in like a year? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I or was it's that like I, this show that I was watching the other day, the dude was like, I've been in quarantine so long. If the dude that checks me out at the grocery store touches me, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Affection. <laughs> yeah. I am very glad I have somebody to hug currently. Human contact is important, kids. Well, you also have doggy contact, too, so... I do, and he is so cuddly. I love him. But, moving on. Anyway, the dead of time. September 1st, 1976... So, this is day one of Hogwarts, year six, second to last year of school. Whoop, whoop. I had sex with Sirius, Maya blabbed the moment she was into the compartment on the Hogwarts Express that usually sat Lily, Alice, Mary, and Frank. She'd been on the back of the train, sitting with the boys for the first half of the ride to Hogwarts. Though she and Sirius had gone the rest of the summers, though nothing had happened, Maya couldn't help but feel like everything was different, and not just because of the sex. Sirius continued to make jokes and laugh around everyone, but there would be quiet moments when the two of them would make eye contact across the dinner table, and he would turn away from her. She could see him warring internally with himself. 
It had not been until they met up with their friends at King's Cross Station that Sirius showed any genuine expression other than uh, one of conflict. Maya had seen Remus at a distance and ran into her best friend's open arms, eager and hungry for the hugs that infused her with a sense of calm. Remus, however, had grinned deviously. Instead of greeting her with a friendly hug, he lifted her up into his arms and hoisted her body over his shoulder, laughing. She had pretended to fume with embarrassment, but it was always pleasant to see his jovial side. It made it obvious how much of a marauder he generally, who genuinely was. When Remus had turned to carry her onto the train, despite her struggling, her gaze fell upon Sirius, who was smiling softly at his two friends with an expression on his face that looked like relief. What? Lily screamed, dropping the advanced potions book she had been reading to prepare for their six-year class. The train took a turn at that exact moment, and the book slid beneath the seats out of reach. Oh, fuck! Maya's eyes widened, and she laughed when Lily gasped and covered her mouth. You said fuck! I did not, Lily squeaked. Yes, you did, you right foul liar! You had sex with Sirius? Maya slammed the compartment door shut behind her, sealing it with a silencing charm in the process, glad that Mary, Alice, and Frank had all left to go visit others. Merlin, do you want everyone to come barging in here? The way you screamed, Jamie probably thinks you're being tortured. She shook her head as the image of Sirius twitching on her drawing room floor came into her mind, and she winced. I... sorry, that was in very bad taste. Lily raised a brown concern at the sudden change of demeanor, and Maya knew she was putting the puzzle together. Sirius had admitted to running into Lily earlier that summer, when she questioned Remus. why he was not with... Ah, fuck me. What, what'd I say? You said Sirius. It said Remus had admitted. Damn it. Thank you. Remus had admitted to running into Lily earlier that summer, when she questioned why he was not with his friends. He had accidentally let it slip that Sirius was in St. Mungo's. Lily, despite her general dislike of Sirius, had apparently shown concern from his well-being and asked if she could send something to him, in hopes of getting him well again. Remus confessed that Sirius was living at Potter Manor and would be for the foreseeable future. Though no one outside of the marauders and the Potter family knew the truth of what happened on that horrible night, it was not, it was not too difficult to piece together. Forget bad taste, Lily insisted, pulling Maya away from her dark thoughts. Or maybe, speaking of bad taste, how on earth did you find yourself having sex with Sirius Black? I uh, found it quite pleasant, actually, Maya blurted, and then covered her mouth the same way Lily had after swearing. Maya! There were moments that Lily reminded Maya of Ginny Weasley, but the innocence of Lily Evans was what set the two gingers apart. Ginny was the very definition of depraved and shameless, and Maya remembered politely asking Ginny and Harry to throw up silencing charms the first night after the final battle. She had not wanted to begrudge Harry whatever prize Ginny had been willing to offer for defeating the darkest wizard of all time, but the whole castle had not needed to listen to it. On the other hand, Lily was as sweet and as pure as fresh-fallen snow. It was no wonder that she would end up with James, who had not so much as glanced at another girl since Lily had first slapped him all those years ago. I, I, I can't tell you everything. It, it's not my place to say, but Sirius moved in with us, and he and I... Well... She frowned and wondered if she already said too much, but Lily did not react in the slightest, which told Maya that her friend already knew something. 
He's been having nightmares. Like yours? Lily asked. Maya appealed at the words. How did you know about those? What, that you put up silencing spells starting our first year? Lily rolled her eyes in offense, as if the very intelli- her very intelligence had been called into question. Mary and Alice may be oblivious, but my bed is right next to yours. While I'm glad to not be kept awake by snoring, it's a little weird when I can't even hear my roommate breathing. I check on you from time to time. It's always quiet, of course, but I can tell something's wrong. You calm down pretty quickly when someone holds your hand. Maya felt a warm affection for her friend. I didn't know. I... Don't worry about it. Back to Sirius. Maya nodded, grateful that Lily had not let her linger on the topic of her own nightmares. Well, I went in to check on him and he woke up. Quite startled, actually. She frowned as he remembered the look of fear and anger on his face. We talked a bit about us and how we're pretty much constantly drawn to one another. Constantly? Lily grinned, and Maya raised a brow. Maybe Lily was more like Ginny than she originally thought. So this has happened before. What? No! She briefly thought of the fifth floor corridor after Remus's birthday party. I mean, not exactly. You've slept with him before? Lily stared, astounded. No! Just a little snogging and stuff. It was impossible not to see Harry looking back at her through Lily's eyes, and she suddenly felt very awkward about talking about having sex. So, was this your first time? Maya could tell by the lowered shy tone that her friend was interested for more than one reason. Uh, no. I dated Remus for a year. Lily gasped. You've shagged Remus and Sirius? Merlin, do they know? Are they going to fight over you? Her smile faded into a look of absolute panic. Oh god, what if they start dueling over you in a common room? Remus is a prefect, how am I supposed to handle that? Maya chuckled in amusement, remembering when she was just as tightly wound about prefect duties. How did my love life suddenly become the subject of your prefect record? Love life? Lily turned and looked back at her with a knowing grin. Maya scowled. Shut up, Lils. Which one do you love? Both, Maya admitted, truthfully. It was a constant thorn in her side, having feelings for both of the wizards, knowing that the outcome only made it more difficult. She wondered, if she had not known what the future had held in store for them all, would she have reacted differently to each of them? Would she have stayed with Remus despite the fact that he was not her mate, or she was not his mate? She would have been the one to bring the subject up and wondered if he would have ever told her or if he would have gone on dating her, ignoring the fact that they were not meant to be. She wondered if she would have fought harder for Sirius after that first kiss following Narcissa's wedding. Would they have ended up together without the knowledge that they were already involved in a provoked soul bond? The fact was, she did know the future and could not ignore it. I love them differently. I can't be with Sirius. Not right now. It's not time. There's a time frame? Yes, Maya sighed. It's complicated. What about you? (laughs) What about you isn't? Lily laughed. No offense. So what was it like? What? Shagging? Maya scoffed. Which one? 
either, Lily admitted with a blush. Both? Is it awful that I want to know? Her cheeks turned bright red, and she hid her face in her hands. Oh, she's cat. Hey. <laughs> oh, never mind. You don't have to tell me. No, wait. Tell me everything. Amazing. Maya answered with a grin. Each time. Both. Remus is earthy and passionate and... She groaned at the memories that were not nearly as recent as she would have liked them to have been. Remus's run-in with Snape the year before still kept him at a distance from her. He's sometimes downright feral. Sirius was painfully delicious, slow and controlled, and... Would you like some ice water? Lily asked with a smirk. Perhaps a dip in the Black Lake when we get to Hogwarts to cool your aching loins. Maya blanched. Aching loins? Are you reading muggle romance novels again? Maybe. Uh, crap, I lost my spot. Oh. Maybe. Lily blushed, and she looked away from her as she knelt on the floor, fetching her textbook from beneath the seat. Not all of us can have two devastatingly handsome wizards chasing after us. Nope, Maya answered with a sly grin. You still only have the one. I'm ignoring that, Lily muttered as she stretched her arm beneath the seats. Maya laughed, glad to know that after everything that had happened last year, she could still joke with her friend about James's undying love for her. So, which one is better in bed? Lily asked, more than likely just trying to change the subject again. Maya flushed. Well... And that's the end of the chapter. Well, what? Who is it? The world will never know. Shia refuses. She will not tell. My theory... Theory... Is that when it comes... There's there's two sides to it. There's the emotional side and then the physical, technical aspect of it. And like, I think in terms of knowing how best to push buttons, I would assume that Remus wins because he's had more experience and more practice. But I think in terms of like the emotional connection, serious hands down. Okay. What do you think? I don't really have an opinion because I don't think I can think deeply into it like that because I don't know things. So let's just go with what you say. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so this is sort of, you know, a transitional chapter. It's, you know, a serious kind of... I think, I feel like the conversation between Daria and Sirius is so important because if Daria hadn't talked to him, that would have been something that ate at him knowing that he, you know, defiled the daughter of the house. And the fact that Daria was like, so you banged my daughter and just kind of bluntly addressed it and made it very clear that it wasn't an issue. It's more of a... I'm aware of it, and I'm going to know when you do it. But also, you have a soul bond, so, you know, I get it. And then 
Maya sort of getting to get all of this off of her chest by talking to Lily and having that girl time, which you know she didn't have in her original timeline, because, like, who the fuck was she going to talk to? Lavender? No. Exactly. Speaking of, the actress who played Lavender Brown just had another baby. Yes. Really cute. Yes, she did. Also, she looks the exact fucking same. Like, she hasn't changed. She looks like her character. But, um... Yeah, yeah it's like, just... all of them, like, really haven't aged. Like, Neville glowed up, and the rest of them, they just got even better looking. It's like, what kind of magic, literally? Mm. Tom Felton. I love you, Tom Felton. You're one of my favorites. His hairline has gotten slightly higher. Really? I think he looks better than he did in the movies. He does, like, it's a mix. Like, he... What cracks me up is that he, one, continues to look like Draco Malfi. Number two, continues to embrace the fact that that's what he's known for. Like, he's been in a lot of other shit since then. And, like, Big Fridge, he was in fucking Planet of the Apes. He's been in shit. But he still embraces his roots. And the fact that he still looks like he could be Jason Isaac's child and that Jason Isaac still wishes his son a happy birthday every year. It just makes me happy. Yeah, and he's actually, like, got a really good TikTok movement going on, I've heard. Like, he does, like, I think he does something about, like, Draco or something, but he he embraces it. Yeah, Tom Talk has gotten pretty, is it Felt Talk? I don't don't know. I forget what it's called. But you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, there was, like, a girl who's, like, Day one of trying to get Tom Felton's attention. Day two of trying to get Tom Felton's attention. And then she got his attention and she was just like. I wanted to say all these things. And now they're just gone. <laughs> he, he noticed me. But yeah, no, I would I would probably cry if I met him because he was my first celebrity crush in the first movie. I was like. He's really cute. And then my neighbor really liked Emma Watson, and I may or may not have told him that I had her phone number, but I wouldn't give it to him. Because <laughs> I'm mean. So, uh, so sorry, Ryan. I apologize for breaking your young eight-year-old heart or however old you were at the time. But, all right, I think that is uh, our episode for the day. Alrighty, cat. Are you ready to thank our dogs, our stags, and our wolves? Yeah! Alright, we are going to thank Freya, Jasmine, Rachel, Carl, Sephora, Vera, Kelly, Christine, Hannah, Ina, Tilda, and Alexandra. Ina, I don't know if it's Ina or Ina, I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, but thank you so much. Almost none of you live in the United States. That is unfreaking believable. We've got the United Kingdom, we've got Canada. Oh, Canada. And we have one of my favorites, Sweden. I'm sorry, Hannah, if that's super offensive, but I just like saying Sweden. Anyway, I'm very excited today. I'm caffeinated. And Me you can't too. Say Peppermint Mocha at Starbucks has released. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I ordered a white chocolate peppermint and I'm pretty sure it was just a peppermint mocha. I was very disappointed, but it was still pepperminty and chocolatey. So like, I guess it's okay. But now to the other important things. It is time to thank our Fox level supporters. 
What does a fox say? Ring ding 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 ding. So funny story, that song actually came out when I was in basic training. And so we don't have phones, we don't have the internet, we're not allowed to watch the news. Like the TV is constantly playing in the cafeteria, but you're not allowed to look at it. You're only allowed to look at your plate. So our drill sergeants would be like, Brad, what does the fox say? And we had people who were like, ah, 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 and like trying to sound like actual foxes, which by the way, sound like dying cats when they're trying to breed. I used to have like a pack of them outside of my house in Virginia when I lived in Virginia and cat or cats, foxes are fucking terrifying at 10 o'clock at night. But that is besides the point. All of the fucking drill sergeants were like, no private, a fox says ring, dang, 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 dang. And we're like, they're high. They're actually high. They fucking lost it. They've been like snorting ammo. I don't know what's going on. Not ammo. Gunpowder. They've been snorting gunpowder. They're crazy. And yeah, no, it was a very weird time to be alive. And then we all, you know, got our phones back and we were like, oh, this makes more sense. I mean, it doesn't, but it does. This is a really long introduction to thanking the foxes. We would like to thank our Fox level supporters. We have, brace yourself people, Rachel, Becky, Jackie, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Leanne, Michelle, Cassie, Chelsea, Amber, Ryder, Melanie, Ryland, Crystal, Connie, Heather, Chelsea, Claire, Ashley, Emma, Sarah, Amara, Audrey, Roshan, Jillian, Shannon, Nevi, Martina, Shelby, Sarah, Paige, Dan, Tyler, Amanda, Miranda, Samantha, Caitlin, Danielle, Rin, Kara, Aidy, Laura, Olivia, and Jade. Cat's Yay. eyes are so big. Yeah, I remember back in the day when you would only read five names and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because I got so used to, like, listening to other podcasts and it would just go on and on and on. So, like, for some reason, I thought that that would be the same and it wasn't. Then you'd be like, five names done. And I'd be like, wait, wait what happened? 45 foxes. Yay! God bless us, everyone. It's not quite December yet, but I'm channeling Tiny Tim. For real, though, y'all are the real MVPs. Thank you so, so much for your continued support of this podcast. I have no idea why the fuck you're giving us your money, but we appreciate it anyway. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for supporting our podcast for the month of November. We are thank you. Thank thank you. We are thankful for you all. Jesus. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, we give thanks to you. Yeah, we're going to be, you know, sitting around the table because I'm spending Thanksgiving with my parents for the first time in five years. And we'll be sitting around the table and it's like, well, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my family's health and prosperity and new job opportunities. And I'm like, I'm going to be thankful for the 45 crazy (laughs) motherfuckers who keep giving me money every month. Not even counting our awesome dog stags and wolves who donate to us every month as well. Literally, all of you are so freaking amazing and we love you. Thank you for loving us. You like us. You really like us. Oh my god. And once again, a big thank you to all of our Fox level Patreons. We wouldn't be here without you. And to all of our Patreons, thank you so, 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 so much. 
And a friendly reminder, if you want more AO3 content, we will be making that live in December. Also remember that we are going to do a live in-person episode. It's going to be me and Kat in Florida in Kat's room sitting side by side. I'll have to watch the computer to see her face as per usual because I will not be looking to the side to look at her because I have to talk directly into a microphone. But I'm very excited about all of this. Me too. Also, I get to have my mother's stuffing for the first time in five years, and I'm really excited about it. I don't know what she does. I've tried to imitate it. I follow the recipe exactly. It's not the same. Yeah, it's just like me and your French onion soup. You say you don't do anything, but nobody else's tastes the same. Straight up. Or my dad's ribs. Yeah. Also, can we appreciate the fact... Actually, no. Let's not appreciate the fact. Let's hate the fact that my dad learned how to cook in his late 50s, early 60s, because in a abrupt change in the world, suddenly my mother was the one working full-time and he was the one working from home. And so he learned how to cook because he was now in charge of making dinner. And he got really good at making ribs and steak. And Kat would be like, I want to come over. I really like your dad's meat. And it was horrifying <laughs> every fucking time she said it. So she insisted on saying it more. So every time, hey, Kat, do you want to come over for dinner? Yeah, I want more of your dad's meat, which is not something your best friend should ever fucking say. So from the bottom of my heart, Kat, fuck you. But in all reality, the election is over. It is time to turn to your neighbor, embrace them. Be unified. Be thankful. Hug your neighbor. Hug your spouse. Hug your Don't siblings. Hug, hug your, your cat, neighbor. Your dog. Do not hug your neighbor. We're in the middle of a quarantine. Hug people inside of your own house who have been in contact with similar people. Uh, God damn you, Corona. But hopefully, hopefully in the new year, we will be able to hug one another again. Yes. Okay, so we, we will, will see, see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Woohoo! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.